Okay, let's get serious. I, I titled today's message, Follow Through, and the importance of following through. I, I've been stunned, so pleased to be honest, with the, the, the couples get together, the LAW, the prayer meeting, the testimonies. See the marriage day, remember that. The marriage get, the, the couples get together. Very interesting to me. Because nearly every testimony from every couple was, well, <laughs> before lockdown, we had this elephant in our house, this elephant in our marriage that you can't mention. But see, in lockdown, the elephant came out of the closet. Does that work? Yeah. You know what I mean? The elephant was in the room and for the first time, because we were shut in, we dealt with things that we had never dealt with before as a couple. And that was over. So many people had the same testimony. Now, we all say, praise God, lockdown helped you, even though we, we commiserate and we give our sympathies to all those that affected badly. But many marriages faced issues that they'd been avoiding. That's a fact. Now you've got to follow through. Now, post-lockdown, you can't go back to the old you. Hallelujah. <laughs> you've got to follow through with whatever God said. And that's my point today. That's what I want to talk about. Not just marriages. The singles were saying the same thing. They had many you know, ideas or visions that God had given them. But don't leave that in the wilderness. Don't leave those ideas in lockdown. Many people on LIW, they were talking about visions and dreams, commissions, callings that they'd had over the years that they know they had never pursued. And they, they were kind of challenged afresh in lockdown. I think on the Friday nights, Tanaya, Gustav, Richard, great, great challenges about self-actualization. And people were revisiting the vision that God gave them that they never followed through on. I love those sessions. They're quite secular, to be honest, but very, very necessary. And life goals, bucket lists, etc. All very important. I want you to, today, we're going to begin and end with asking you to do one thing. What were the good things God did in you? Marriage, ministry, I don't care what it is. What was it? And what's your plan for continuing that? Can I just tell you something? Don't get angry with me. You don't change quick. You don't change quick, kid. You've taken a long time. 40 years, huh? And we're still going around this same mountain? New believers change quick. You know that? Oh, yeah. Very quick. Statistically, it's about two years of change and then it kind of peters out because we compare each other with each other. That's where it stops, typically. In the beginning, we're looking at Jesus. In the beginning, we're running after God. And then we come in here and think, well, I'm better than, her. I'm better than him, so what's the problem? And the momentum stops and the change stops. No, I don't believe you change that quick. Sorry about that. When you come to church every Sunday, you and me, we can learn new things. I don't think that's difficult. The knowledge part's always the easy part. But unlearning, unlearning, much harder than learning. You know that? That's true. Unlearning bad habits, bad practices, bad habits in your marriage. Unlearning 
I think requires quite a bit of separation. I thank God for lockdown. You're not going to say to God, he didn't give you a chance. So, to unlearn. To revisit the principles in which you've operated in. You've had your chance to rethink. Now you've got to follow through. I thank God that I got saved in Cardiff. And my first pastor was brilliant. I loved him. He was an excellent guy. I really trusted him theologically. He was superb. Really balanced, sensible, wise. But I had one big problem with him. He believed you couldn't lose your salvation. Now, I believe you can lose your salvation. And I still sat under his authority, but I went to Bible college as I was attending his church, and I had several meetings with him, and I said, thank you for your leadership. I, I, I'm, I'm learning so much, but I got a problem. Pastor, I got a problem. I can see your accuracy and everything. And look at this. You're saying you can't lose yourself. How can you teach this? Am I wrong? Are you wrong? He had a heart attack. Not when I was talking to him. He had a heart attack. And he took one year out. He went to stay on a farm to recover from his heart attack. He had no responsibilities. Just had his Bible. Sitting alone. And I was there the Sunday that he returned to the church. I'll never forget it. I thought he was going to tell us all about his recovery. About what God had done. None of it. He talked about the loss of salvation. <laughs> he made a public announcement as a very famous Baptist pastor. I have now changed my theology. I was working in the system. This is my denomination. These are my mates. These are people I went to Bible college with. We all believed this at that time. So I was just continuing the same thing. But when I was on my own in lockdown for one year with me and my Bible, I had to unlearn. I had to unlearn some stuff. And I cannot return to the pulpit and continue the same way. I was flabbergasted by that change. And I want, of course we want to learn, but folks, we need to unlearn. We need to unlearn. And I think it's harder, and I think it's slower. Follow through after lockdown. Firstly, let's define what follow through is anyway. It's a term that's used in multiple areas, I'm sure you've heard it, used by the world used by sport, massively used by business. Um, but I think we're not that great with follow through. Who here has started a diet and didn't follow through? Put both hands up. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who started a diet and didn't follow through. 100% of you. Everybody. There are no exceptions. We're not good at that. Who joined a gym? You get, you get the point. So before you excuse yourself, well, I always follow through. I'm not sure that's true. In fact, I'm 100% sure it is not true. You haven't followed through on many, many things, and we need to. Following through is the secret sauce. It's the difference between those who succeed and those who fail. In business, in spite played snooker, I was obsessed with snooker for years, and I hired this professional coach one day to come and talk to me. What is wrong with my game? I could never score well, and I loved it. And he came and he watched me play and everything else. There's five basic rules in snooker. You have to have your chin on the cue, perpendicular to the cue. You have to put this arm, it's a very unnatural position. 
this arm has to be right back in at right angles. You can't move this arm, the upper arm, you can only move the lower arm. It has to be a piston style movement. Your feet have to be in the right position. The most important thing, when you strike the ball, follow through. So this coach is walking around the table saying, putting the ball back, follow through. And he was getting fed up with me. Follow through. I could not master the art. Sounds so simple. But I could not master the art of the follow-through in snooker. And that's the difference between me and Steve Davis, right? Someone who has mastered the art. But not just snooker, football. Why can't we sing in church when a million English fans were singing all over the country last night? Hello. <laughs> Praise the Lord for England. Well done. But in football, it's the same thing. When you kick the ball, you can just stun the ball down. But if you intend to, to drive that ball, you need to follow through the ball with all of your might. It's a massive swing. Or you're not going to be a footballer. With golf, it's actually a complete 360. You start with that club up here, and you have to do a, a complete 360. You begin to see in nature, in business, and everything else, there's a principle here. There's a principle of success and failure attached following through not just sport business i looked at some of these statistics crazy statistics for successful salespeople. not what i expected i only discovered this this week 48 percent you think of christians but salespeople. 48 percent of salespeople never follow up a contact 48 percent of those who are in the business don't follow up a contact and only 10% of salespeople continue after the fourth contact to make a sale. But listen to this statistic. 80% of sales made are made after the fifth and between the twelfth contact. 80%. I mean, who's the multimillionaire and who's struggling to get by? The person who follows through past the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. The person who follows through, that's the small group, the 10% who are actually successful, not just in sport, but in business. And it's an art, it's a skill, it's a discipline that we need, I need in my life more and more. I think looking at the world and looking at business, looking at sport, this fact is indisputable. I think it's self-evident, the necessity of follow through. But... Why didn't Jesus mention it? <laughs> Why isn't there a parable? The importance of following through. There is. Yeah. But what do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first son and said, Go and work in my vineyard. But he answered him, he said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it. And he went and he followed through. Then he came to the second son and he said, likewise, go and work in my vineyard. And he said, I will go. But he did not. <laughs> he did not follow through. Or Luke chapter 14. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost of whether you can follow through, of whether you can actually finish it. And you will see this principle all through scripture, the importance of follow through. That first example is in Matthew's gospel, the parable of the two sons. That's your gifting, that's your calling. 
Some, many are called, but few make it, right? That's your calling. And Jesus, many said they will go, but they don't go, actually. And many who said they wouldn't go actually end up going. I travel a lot, as you know, in Eastern Europe, Russia, etc. One thing that always shocks me is the ghost towns. All over Turkey, all over Greece, all over the Eastern European bloc. Do you know what I've seen? Not just an empty house, a shell of a half-finished house, but villages, whole ghost towns, where the structure is there, but there's nobody in it. They're empty. I think close to 60 million empty apartments in China. 60 million that were started, but have never been finished. And 2008 had a major impact on that. But when you travel, it's always a constant thing. Man. Recording stopped. Uh oh, <laughs> it's always a constant thing when I look at that to think about Jesus' teaching on the importance of counting the cost of finishing that time. Another parable for me, which is very, very important, is in Matthew's gospel about the importance of follow through in prayer. We've all been praying, I know, in lockdown probably more than ever. But I want you to listen to the sheer tenacity of this woman, the Syrophoenician woman. In Matthew's gospel, when she prays a prayer, but she gets rejected. She gets rejected. Then Jesus went out and he departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. There's your first attempt at a sale. Salesman, there's your first rejection. What does she do? Follow through? She just keeps on going. And his disciples came and they besought him saying, send her away. There's your second rejection. You got rejected a second time. Does she follow through? She keeps on going. But he answered and said, I'm not sent to anyone but the, 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 the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Third rejection. She comes back and it says she came, she knelt before him and she began to worship and she goes for the fourth time. I mean, this, this woman knows how to follow through and get the seal. She begins to worship, but Jesus still rejects her attempt and says, I was not sent, I was not sent to you. And she says, is it not right that the master, is it not right that the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table? You've got a deal. Brilliant tenacity, brilliant understanding of the necessity of follow through. James chapter 1, very famous scripture, but maybe we haven't connected it with the thought of following through. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Follow through and do what the word says. Goodness knows we've heard a lot about pandemics, <laughs> right? Enough about pandemics already. For the, since I've been in ministry, there's a pandemic. And do you know what the pandemic is? Christians and what they say on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Christian, let me tell you what I heard today all over this world. Let me tell you what I heard. What did you do? Don't ask me that. I want to tell you what I heard, right? So James, great scripture, James chapter one. Do not merely be someone who listens to the word, but make it your ambition to be someone who follows through on what you have heard. 
That is an earthquake. That is a split in the kingdom, friend. Absolutely true. 100% true. And it's an epidemic in our day, particularly from the 50s. Let me talk to LFC specifically, London Family Centre. There's a lot of older people. I'm going to get in trouble. I always get in trouble when I say these things. There's a lot of older people in our church now. Things change, you know. Things do change. I encountered this mostly in Irish churches where, where people were together for years, you know. Came single, got married, settled down. Some of those guys today are in their 50s, 60s, you know. They've been there for decades and decades. And then you look back and you see the changes, and there's massive changes in people, but some of those changes are not perceived by them. Can't see the forest for the trees. And one of the things that, one of the dangerous things that can change is a move away from humility and obedience. I've been doing this for 20 years, Pastor. I've been leading the worship since I was 10. You've got to be real careful because it starts to affect us. I've been singing since I was whatever. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need to be taught. I don't need to be taught. There's a danger here. What, what can happen some in later years is we move away from humility and obedience to God's word. This is what happened to Moses. Moses was the most humble, the meekest man in all the earth, obedient to God in all things. And then he great success because he's, he's so patient, takes them all the way through the wilderness. He's 40 years older. I guess he must still be humble. No. Well, didn't all that ministry make him better? No. Sorry. Some people make mistakes at the beginning. Some people abandon in the middle. Some people abandon principles at the end. And Moses gets right up to the Jordan and God speaks to him. And says, speak to the rock. And Moses, I can feel the arrogance in that scripture. Who are you, God? Who are you, God, to tell me what I should do? I'm not going to speak to the rock. I'm going to strike the rock. I have not had the respect that was due me. I have served you. I've served whack. This is one of the biggest events in scripture for me. And one of the most powerful, if we think we are pali-pali, or buddy-buddy with God. Ain't nobody in that category. There's zero people on this planet. And God speaks to the wonderful Moses. And he says, Then God spoke to Moses the very same day, saying, Go up into the mountain of Abram, because there you will die. And you will not enter the kingdom. Because you decided that you were going to write your own rules. You decided, I've been doing this so long, that I no longer need to obey you. I'm going to make my own rules. I'm bigger than the team. I'm bigger than this nation of Israel. I'm bigger than the church. I'm bigger than it all. I'll do what I want. Not in my kingdom. You won't. For me, that's an incredibly serious happening right there. Incredibly serious. New believers who were baptized last week and those ready for baptism Walking humility and obedience. Those of you who have been walking for a couple of decades, maintain that humility and obedience in the kingdom. Don't write your own rule book. And those of you who are coming to the end of your ministries, because some of you are, don't change now. 
<laughs> return to the former things. Return to the principles, the former principles, and then follow through after this lockdown. What I'm about to say is not hyperbole. It moved me yesterday when I was constructing this. What or who is the greatest example of follow through you can think of? What or who is the greatest example of follow through you can think of? In Isaiah chapter six, it gives us a little glimpse into eternity past. Before the earth was made, before there was any human beings, and it gives us a little uh, insight into the conversation, the covenant between God the Father and God the Son. And God the Father uh, spoke to the Son and says, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Jesus replies, Here I am, send me. Now that's a big diet. That's a big gym commitment. That's a big endeavor. That's a big building. Here I am, send me. In Matthew chapter 26, all those generations later, we find the same Jesus following through. And there he is, it says this, going a little farther, Jesus fell on his face to the ground and he prayed and he says this, these are my words, Father, if it's possible for me not to have to follow through, I don't want to take on sin. I don't want to be separated from you in that way. If it's possible for me not to complete this task, if that can happen, then let it happen. But not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus followed through, even to death on a cross. Absolutely amazing. I'm done. But we're getting ready to come back. And having listened to the testimonies over the last few weeks, I want every one of you to do something for me right now. Think of something good that God changed in you through lockdown. Maybe in your marriage, maybe with your commitment for the future, with your vision, with your career, with your ministry. I don't know what. Think of some one thing good. And what I want you to do is to pray with us today and commit with me today to follow that through in Jesus' name. Amen? Stand with me. I can actually say stand with me. Isn't that amazing? Some of you can stand anyway. Just close your eyes. I'm going to invite Tanaya to come back and join me here. Just close your eyes and please take that seriously. Think of one thing that God did in you or through you in lockdown that you can continue post-lockdown. Father, I thank you. You have been working and are working even to this very day. I thank you for the good things that we have heard that you've done even through these days. And I pray you will give us the, the, the stability and the strength to receive what you have given us and then to follow through. Lord, make us success, whether it's in business, careers, callings, ministries, marriages, whatever it is. I pray your blessing upon all those here, all those watching, all those listening, that you will bless them with that ability and we will hear further testimonies in this area. In Jesus' name.